We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 16th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Jake Latarski is with me today. If you're a sports fan in either, you know, everybody talks about the sports fans in Boston, New England. Forget it. Wisconsin's where it's at, right, Jack? Jake? Oh, Ben, yeah. I Of course, you talk about the Patriots and the Red Sox both playing on Sunday night, but Monday night was just as good if you're a Midwest Wisconsin guy. I mean, in, in the span of about 30 to 40 minutes, we saw a spectacular Aaron Rodgers comeback drive, making up for some horrific defensive play earlier in that game. And, of course, we also see the Brewers in L.A. take a 2-1 to one lead on the Dodgers. It doesn't get much better for a Wisconsin sports fan right now. We needed it after Saturday. Saturday was rough with the Badgers and the Brewers dropping that home game but but we're back baby you're back i know so the pack um what we took from that game it's hard to gauge those other wide receivers because at any point you could get Cobb and allison back right yeah, that was the tough part this week. You know, I sat Allison on the bench in one league. He's owned. I mean, Cobb's almost owned. There's definitely room for two receivers behind Devonta Adams, who was an absolute stud, right? By the way, caught ten of his sixteen targets for 132 and a touchdown. 
Aaron Rodgers also makes him look exceptionally great. That, especially that last touchdown was just a perfect throw to the back corner, as well as padding the stats on the touchdown drive. I mean, I can praise these guys all I want, but but like you said, back to the original point here. Uh, yeah, Valdez Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown got will get a target. I mean, he's he's spreading the ball out quite a bit. Lance Kendricks actually got a surprising amount of targets. Uh, I think at least one of those might have been called back by a penalty. But Valdez Scantling. Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams, three receivers over 100 yards, proving you know just as clear as ever that there are perfectly plenty of room for three pass catchers under Aaron Rodgers. All right, other things here. Let's see. Um, Aaron Jones, still clearly the best runner that the Packers have and still mm-hmm. getting fewer snaps than his that, compatriots. Yeah, that, that's that's mystifying to me, John. And, and you know, I think about it and I think about it, and the only possible reason, reasonable explanation for this I can tell myself is, well, maybe they're they're trying to go for the long haul, and they want to get him as fresh as possible when you get kind of down that home stretch and, and maybe get into the playoffs, and then they'll start to use him heavily because he hasn't really had that high usage before. He was limited by injuries last year as well. But, I mean, I would think coming off suspension, and especially with the stretch of games that the Packers have ahead, I mean, they've got, you know, the Rams and the Patriots, and it's all tough games for the next six weeks, you know, basically after their bye pretty much. So... I would think that in a game like Monday where they were trailing and he was the only effective runner, they would use him more because they have to. Because what incentive is saving him for the playoffs if he can't get in the playoffs? And Monday was a best must-win game in my eyes given the schedule ahead. But nonetheless, maybe we'll see him after the bye week. You can only hope so. He's clearly the best back in that backfield. All right. The other thing in that game, I mean, there's two other things, but one we're going to talk about with a position group later. Mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard, not bad, Right. We're, we're, oh. we're okay. I'm getting to the point where I'm okay with him. Yeah, I mean, de- definitely serviceable. I mean, how much of that do you want to pin on the Green Bay defense being almost completely incompetent? <laughs> I mean, they couldn't they couldn't stop the run in any way. The the, the side to side lateral movement. I kind of you saw this with the Packers defense. They had a lot of t- trouble with Tariq Cohen uh, in Week One, especially in the first half. And the, and those side to side backs that their, their defensive line they've got good players, but they're bulky. So the right kind of back can definitely get around him. And when you're running like that. Uh, when, I mean, when as a team, what they ran the ball 30 times for 174 yards, 5.8 a carry. When you're giving up 5.8 a carry, that's going to make someone like Beathard look pretty good. And of course, he had Goodwin back, which was which was giant for his his stat line, of course, and and just for the health of him in the offense moving forward. But th- uh, three starts, CJ Beathard, 64 percent completion percentage, 297 passing yards per game, six touchdowns a pair in each game. So mm-hmm. I I could be I could be convinced. Let's Are we saying more than a two QB league option? I mean, if you're a backup, you know, I mean, he's yeah. not in a top 12 or 15, but. Yeah, you got I mean, you got to remember the Packers, Raiders, Steelers, and Seahawks are all on a bye this week. So, I mean, you're yep. going to be out. Aaron Rodgers, probably not heavy owned Derek Carr, but definitely Big Ben and Russell Wilson. All those guys are owned. So a lot of people are looking for a backup this week. All right, um, folks, we're going to talk uh, free agents today. Uh for context, again, if we talk about budgets, it'll be within a hundred dollar context, and we're going to talk about percentages uh, owned on both Yahoo and ESPN. Like you said, buys this week: Packers, Raiders, Steelers, Seahawks. So there's a lot of players off. Let's start quarterbacks. Last week we talked about Jameis. That worked. I mean, he was very every everybody loved Jameis last week, so we weren't the yeah. only ones. But his not his, alone in that his ownership percentage went from somewhere. I think it was 20% on Tuesday, went up to 50% by Friday. I don't know what it is now, probably even higher. Um, Yeah, it's probably something ridiculous at this point. I got it, 59%. So I guess there's a slight chance he's out there as the Browns this week. I mean, he should be owned everywhere, of course, by this point. There's, I mean, there's weapons there. So uh, there's there's plenty to like. As far as the other guys to look for here, we talked about Beathard. 
Sam Darnold played well. I mean, he's going to be inconsistent. He's going to take his lumps, but he's less than 10% owned. Um, he's got a home game against the Vikings who have not – you think Vikings, you say, ooh, that's a good defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, not so much so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely not great. They're actually in the bottom half of the league in terms of passing yards allowed per game, 266.8. Ten touchdowns they've allowed through the year, so that's the uh, 14th worst in the league. So they're right in the middle of the pack in terms of just that metric in general. So, I mean, he's a guy that's probably out there, and and if some of these – I might like some of the other options we talk about better, but in a week where four starting quarterbacks, or at least three starting quarterbacks are on by, someone like that comes into consideration. All right. Next up, Mitchell Trubisky, 29% Yahoo, 33% ESPN. He's playing home against the Pats. Over under there is 49 and a half. So there should be some points to be scored. Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky has uh, has turned himself into a solid fantasy quarterback. I've got him at QB 11 on the season. Yeah, he's found himself some weapons. He doesn't necessarily need to uh, throw the ball deep a ton to uh, have success because he's got the Howard Cohen combo and uh, guys like Taylor Gabriel out of the slot can, can do some damage. And again, going against the Patriots, there's no, it's clear that the over under is what it is, which is, I mean, under 50 is, is uh, 50 is almost average for an NFL game this season, the way scoring is going, but he goes up against the Patriots. They've given up 15 passing touchdowns so far this year through six games. That's uh, tied for second in the league. So, and I mean, Trubisky had, I mean, I was looking, I have him on my bench in a couple spots and, uh, you know, I had him on my bench over Jared Goff. I had him on my bench over, uh, over Ben Roethlisberger and he way outperformed both of them this week. Now I I don't expect that Miami style shootout back and forth as much against the Pats, but he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. Yep. Um, And Trubisky, by the way, the running, the last two games, um, let me take that up. I mean, I know he's got 160-some on the season, but let me take a look at the per game. The last two, or two of the last three have been really good, right? Yeah, it last, the last two games, 53 and 47 yards rushing. That's huge. Yeah, you the four or five-point boost to the floor of your quarterback, big time. Yep. Um, another one, Joe Flacco home against the Saints. I think this, I don't like that over-under. The over-under is 49.5, and, and we have to just – we don't have to do what Vegas says, but that's always got to be consideration. Let's put it that way. However, I don't like that. I think that the, the, the Ravens defense is really good. I think the Saints defense is rounding into form here. I don't like that over under. So I probably like Flacco less than, than, than mm-hmm. the raw numbers would suggest. But he is owned less than 30% on Yahoo, 19% ESPN. Oh, come on, John. Life's way too short to bet the under. I mean, you, you got you, you to gotta get – see, I don't mind Flacco against this defense, but – I don't have super high expectations. I'm expecting an 18 to 22 point fantasy day, which is, I mean, again, in 2018, the way scoring's going, that's pretty much replacement level. You know, when you talk about war and baseball, that kind of situation. So yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be an option, but I don't know if I definitely don't rank him ahead of Trubisky and uh, I mean, very, very fringy stream option, I guess. I, I agree with you. All right. Um, you have guys here in two QB leagues. I mean, Osweiler is home against the uh, against the Lions. He probably is going to start again. We think um, the the Bills. I I think Josh Allen sounds like his injury is bad. What I was yeah. doing this morning is it bad? So I mean, Peterman we, played. I think you're going to get Derek Anderson. Yeah, we saw we saw nothing official official enough. Maybe a change since we started recording, but to post 
we didn't see anything official enough like that passes our standard of proof to post that Josh Allen needs Tommy John surgery. But I was looking at Kevin Payne's waiver wire article, which is another uh, waiver wire tool available for RotoWire subscribers. And he basically straight up says Josh Allen needs Tommy John surgery in there. So at least he's either leaning strong that way. But regardless of the situation, we are going as far as to say he's probably out week seven. That's right. probably a pretty safe bet. So we looked to Nathan Peterman, who managed to come in briefly, choke the game away on Sunday. Um, Derek Anderson is next up in line. I mean, you know, I know some people in uh, like, uh, like the Stopa league, some of the super flex leagues we do in the office. There are two quarterback leagues where every starting quarterback is owned. So we'd like to do this bookkeeping for you and, and just throw out the Nathan Peterman and, and Derek Anderson names. I'm, su- I'm surprised they had Derek Anderson on the roster and weren't starting him. I know they want, they want to develop Peterman, maybe see what they have, but yuck. Yuck is right. Um, all right. So otherwise... Let's see. I mean, you mentioned uh, Baker. We got to watch Baker yeah. Mayfield. Um, I think he's going to be fine. Actually, I the more too. I look at that, what was he? He kind of turned it on a uh, on the chain or one of the cables on the sidelines when he was heading out. It was a weird thing. Maybe affected him. Maybe not. But he's actually a decent stream option too. I mean, only forty two percent owned, and he goes against Tampa Bay. And they're technically, you know, I was talking about some of those pass stats early. Uh, Tampa Bay is the worst pass defense in the league, 355 yards a game and 16 touchdowns through five games. You know, a lot of these numbers I'm saying are, are through six games. So, I mean, it, they've been bad. They've been really bad. Um, so, so yeah, you could say if Baker happens to be out, Tyrod's consideration. All right, I have one for you. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to pick on – I mean, last week, Jameis was so chalky because he played against the Falcons at the Dome and the Falcons' defense is just beat to shreds with injuries, right? Oh, yeah. One of the worst situations. Mm-hmm. Well, someone else is playing the Falcons this week, and he's only 22% owned. Are you interested? I'm slightly interested in Eli Mannion. Mm-hmm. You know, he always has to be, when you go against the bottom five pass defense, and, you know, the Falcons are right up there with those other teams that I mentioned, you're going against the bottom five pass defense on the road, eh. But someone that's banged up like that, uh, you know, we were talking over-unders earlier. This one's 54.5. It's the second highest on the entire slate. I'm actually surprised I missed him. That was a good catch, John. Uh, Eli Manning definitely falls into this consideration for a streamer, I would say. I mean, he he's – I mean, the stats, yes, we, I understand that this is where fantasy and reality diverge here because real-life Eli is really, really struggling. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantasy Eli, you know, he's he's throwing a decent amount. The completion percentage high. He's dumping off. He's dumping off to two guys who can yeah. theoretically take the ball to the house every time they touch it. Mm-hmm. If you if you're looking for a streamer, you could do worse. Is what I, in a 28 quarterback week, I think is where it, I'm going. So exactly. I mean, if if Saquon Barkley catches a screen pass and and rumbles 75 yards to the end zone, guess who still gets a touchdown pass? We we do. Yes. All right. F- fantasy is what, what what a thing fantasy is, man. <laughs> so drop candidates. Yeah, Marcus Mariota is just forget that. We don't need to deal with that anymore. Um, yeah, he's he's one that we always thought was maybe in consideration a little bit. He can run the ball when he's right. He's not healthy. He can't stay upright. I don't I don't see that changing. He's 129 yards or below passing in four of his five games. So, yeah, I mean, no, thank you. That, yeah, that's rough, and that even makes me worry a little bit about my Corey Davis shares. But obviously, you can't quite drop Corey Davis at this point. All right, I have one. I mean, one is Alex Smith. I think can go if you own him. If you're mm-hmm. looking to, you know, depending on what you get to replace, but there's always streaming quarterbacks to replace. You don't need to hold Alex Smith. You can always stream him if you need to. I yeah, and one. he's 49% owned in Yahoo formats. In a shallow league, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a guy who has a good amount of touchdowns. He's the 22nd ranked quarterback, and he's on a team that has 
demonstrated an absolute commitment to run the ball. Russell Wilson. Huh. I thought we were going Dak Prescott for a second no. there, but Russell Wilson. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right about that, John. Uh, that he becomes, I'm surprised we're having this conversation, but he's in a 10 team league. He's certainly your second best quarterback and he does have that body this week. So you're going to have to make some tough decisions, but 94% owned. Ooh, man, I would have a real tough time dropping him, especially after he had, you know, two of his three best fantasy games of the season in back-to-back weeks and got the bye at Detroit versus the Chargers, at the Rams versus the Packers. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to be in a pinch, but um, I guess I could see it, especially if in a 10-team league. He is, his attempts week by week, 33, 36, 26, 26, 21, 23. And he's mm-hmm. not running. Like, I, I don't want to cut the guy either. But, I mean, I mean for me, I've been a 12-teamer. He's, he's not playing. Mm-hmm. So then it depends on what you're carrying. You know, if, you, if you've passed your by on somebody. You know, I, 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 he's expendable, I think, is where I'm going with this. I'd hate mm-hmm. it, and I could certainly see it coming back to burn me. But the way that, I mean, we're six weeks in, he's not running the ball. Yeah, it's very tough to trade quarterbacks in fantasy, especially if you're already in the league that shallow. But maybe, I don't know, look at some rosters, see who has the weakest quarterback. And I'd, I'd try to trade him for one of your one of their, I don't know, maybe bottom five bench players yep. before just outright dropping them. See if you can do that. Maybe do your homework and see if you can get something from them. But I, I see where you're coming from, John, because somebody will want to buy low based on the name, you would think, right? Right. I, I agree. Someone, someone would probably you could you could he's the type of player who you could maybe get more than get, get more for more than he's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, a fantasy draft we put players first. There's super flexible lineups for NFL fantasy. There's no kicker, and you can draft four running backs if you want to. In the NBA, which starts this week, lineups are even more flexible. If you want five guards and two centers, no problem at all. They've got a hundred thousand dollar run and gun weekly feature GPP with a twenty five dollar buy in. They've got a $500,000 fantasy draft championship with $100,000 to first and weekly qualifiers happening now. That's with a week 16 final. There's rake free head to head for contests under $200 or half the rake for half the rake of the other guys for the rest. That means that if you and a friend both enter a hundred dollar head to head, the winner gets $200 fantasy draft takes no fees at all. You also, if you sign up now at fantasy draft and you sign up with the referrer code rotowire, you'll get a four dollar gpp ticket with your initial deposit so that's go go to fantasy draft sign up with a referral code rotowire and you get a four dollar gpp ticket as sort of a reward for you joining so check it out go to fantasy draft we put players first running backs last week we talked smallwood he got a touchdown so that helped he wasn't great but he got a touchdown mm-hmm. uh alfred blue that didn't work because miller was back alfred morris so mm-hmm. he's dead to us one snap last night I mean, yeah, there's people he- that played him this week Literally yeah, started him and had to be staring at the TV, bashing their heads against the wall. Yeah, because, well, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, you weren't necessarily sure about Matt Burita's status. And I know some leagues that the lineup locks in its entirety at noon on Sundays. Some people play in those leagues. It happens. And he, I mean, he was a guy that we talked about last week as someone who theoretically, Burita, we found out later, didn't have the high angle sprain. Of course, he was good to play. But, yeah, just, just not part of the game plan. And uh, uh, quick note on Smallwood, he did edge out Clement uh, in the uh, carries department, carried the ball 18 times to Clement's 11, but it was Clement that got the touchdown, actually. Oh, Smallwood, Clement, sorry, still, yeah, Smallwood still had 50 rushing yards, you know, 
not, not necessarily a great day. I still think, now we said this last week too, so I'm not going back on anything, but I still think Clement, unless they were to make a trade or something that drastically shakes that backfield up, I would say that Clement uh, is definitely the back to own the rest of the way out there. Okay. Um, guys on your list this week. It's a rough list. I'll just say right ahead that these are almost all short-term guys. None of these guys that I jotted down for this week uh, have a ton of long-term upside. None of these guys are guys that I think can actually help you in the playoffs. But, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a short window for most of these players. Yep. Let's start with the higher owns. Let's just – the one guy who's out of our threshold, Latavius Murray. If, if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, you are starting Latavius Murray. Tim and I talked about this yesterday. He's a – if he mm-hmm. plays against the Jets and Cook doesn't go, Murray's a top 15 back for the week, period. That's it. You play mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. When I looked yesterday, he was 49% Yahoo, 46% ESPN. Now, we thought Delvin Cook was going to play last week, and he was kind of one of the surprised inactives. He was close to suiting up, so apparently he's going to be back. That probably hurts Latavius Murray, and suddenly you probably can't start him anymore unless you're really bogged down by bye weeks. But uh, he gets a mention because he's just under our threshold, and and obviously we saw what he can do on Sunday uh, when the show is his. All right, uh, Peyton Barber is next up. He's 33% Yahoo. He has been kind of, he's been inconsistent. He had a nice game. I'm going to pull his uh, game by game up. So last week he was 13 for 82, which is not bad, but he had the receiving touchdown, which was nice. He's not much of a receiver, but he's had, he's played five games. Two of them are solid. The other three are kind of worthless. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a break. I mean, he's, a, he's in a potent offense. And you're on bye weeks this week, so you've got, you know, like we talked about earlier, you've got no Connor, you've got no Lynch, you've got no Seahawks, and you've got no, well, the Packers are a jumbled mess in the backfield. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you're hurting Peyton Barber, you could do worse than Peyton Barber against the Browns. Yeah, now a lot of people, when you drafted Peyton Barber in draft season, figured, okay, he's going to be decent-ish in the short term, and Ronald Jones will eventually take that job. And Ronald Jones is still on my long-term radar. Of course, he didn't have a great week this week uh, at all, really. I mean, in terms of his usage, he just uh, wasn't there. He carried the ball one time for three yards, caught all three of his targets for 16 yards. When we're talking in weeks 12 through 16, I think Jones will have gotten the job by then as long as he can nail down the pass blocking and get perfectly acclimated with the offense. But until then, 33% Peyton Barber carried the ball 13 times for 82 yards last week. Caught a touchdown. Of course, the shootout nature of that game certainly helps his case. But he's got another pretty decent matchup against the Browns this week, uh, by the way. Uh, Over-under on that game, you know, 49.5. We discussed that at the beginning. But the Browns gave I mean, Melvin Gordon's out of this world this year. But the Browns just gave up three touchdowns to Melvin Gordon. And on the year, over six games, the Browns giving up 138 yards per game on the ground. Seven touchdowns allowed on the ground. 4.7 yards per carry to opposing backs. So it's actually a really good matchup for Peyton Barber if you have to. Yep. Um, so a low on guy, you've got Ito Smith on your list. He's 9% Yahoo, 14 ESPN. Devontae Freeman's going to be out again in week seven. They already mm-hmm. basically said that. Um, Ito got his season high, 11 carries. He was on the field for 31 snaps against the Bucks. And I know that was a shootout of a game. Um, 11 carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Doesn't sound all that impressive, but he's getting the ball and he seems to be trying to see if we have red zone. Re- yeah. So Ito Smith, red zone. He didn't play in the first game, or he didn't play on offense in the first game. In the last five games, he's got 14 red zone carries. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, yeah, and that's significantly more than Tevin Coleman, who hasn't had one in back-to-back weeks. You know, I'm looking at this this, this team trends page on rotowire.com, by the way, is, is just absolute money. Whenever you have one of these questions in your head, like, hmm, I wonder who's getting the ball in the red zone. Filter, filter, bang. There's your answer here. But, uh, you know, even even going back to the base of this page, I mean, Ito Smith was right there in terms of uh, a percent of team snap count. Tevin Coleman got 57% on Sunday, but Ito Smith, 46%, which is decent. Again, this is largely dependent on Devontae Freeman. If you're a Freeman owner, you might, you're not dropping Freeman, obviously, so you might as well get your hands on Ito Smith so you have a serviceable backup when he can't be used. I still think Coleman's the better back. There's actually no doubt in my mind that Coleman is the better back. But they're going to keep this 50-50 split in Atlanta uh, as long as Freeman's out. They're not going to suddenly decide to give Tevin Coleman all the red zone touches, 25 carries, 5-10 targets out of the backfield. It, it's just not going to happen. So you got a back that's probably a good bet to get double-digit carries with a average to slightly above average chance of getting in the end zone at a very low ownership rate, probably available in your league. So for those reasons, I think you can probably get by with picking him up. Monday night against the Giants, again, over under 54 and a half. Decent matchup here. Uh, I mean, out of the guys that are uh, that are readily available, he's one of the few that you can plug in and start if you have to. Okay. A um, couple of guys I have on my list. What about Marlon Mack? He, play, he finally came back this week. He 12 times for 89 yards against the Jets. Caught a pass. When we started the year, Marlon Mack was being drafted probably, what, eighth round in a lot of cases? Mm-hmm. And now that he's back and he might be the lead guy, you know, 27% Yahoo ownership, uh, I could be I could be talked into this one, especially during a bye week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, he's someone that got drafted at, at a decent price in my keeper leagues. He was drafted, like you said, before the rounds turned to double digits. He was someone that came out. I mean, 22 years old, second year in the league, fourth round pick out of South Florida. You know, we can read the bio all we want here, but he's been banged up hasn't really had a chance but i think if he gets a chance he'll be all right in 22 carries so far this year 5.6 yards a carry has a run of 20 plus yards already he's he's serviceable now i know we've he's been on the drop list before because he's kind of been one of those fringe guys along with hines maybe even some wilkins that you kind of rotate these colts backs hope you hit hit right but if mac is finally healthy and the 12 carries seem to indicate that on sunday um titus career high I think uh, he could be someone that's useful for the rest of the year. Okay. Um, we would be foolish if we omitted Frank Gore from this conversation. Uh, yeah. As yeah. much as I hate it too. We have to. We have to. Yeah. I mean, he, he ran for 100 yards this week. And the last three games, he said double digit carries. He was 11 for 41, 12 for 63, and 15 for 101. And the mm-hmm. Lions are coming in, and the Lions have not been very good against opposing running backs, right? Yeah, the Lions, uh, third, 5.3 yards a carry to opposing backs. Only giving up three touchdowns, but almost 146 yards per game in the, on the ground. Touchdown numbers can be a little bit fluky when we're only talking five, six-game samples, but 146 yards per game, That's that one's tough to ignore. Gore is 4.9 yards per carry. That's the best mark of his career. <laughs> I mean, I, of course, we've only got 62 carries uh, to work with there, and he hasn't found the end zone yet, which is, which is rough. But again, you need to bring him up because... He seems to be the clear guy in terms of snaps over Kenyon Drake. I want to look at the uh, the snap percentages real quick to see where that goes. Kenyon Drake, 63%. Yeah, yeah, 63% for Kenyon Drake, 38% for Frank Gore. But obviously, Frank Gore was the more productive one. And Kenyon Drake didn't do himself 
any favors because the uh, Dolphins are going to run the ball in to win the game. Kenyon Drake fumbles on the goal line. Yeah. Uh, lucky, crazy turn of events ended up with them getting the ball back and winning. You know, and they needed a, a Bears Cody Parkey missed field goal and all that, but didn't do himself any favors, Kenyon Drake, by fumbling. So they might as well run Frank Gore as long as he lasts. Agreed. Um, the last one is the guy from the first from the Monday night game I wanted to talk about. So we all thought going into the game, well, if Breed is healthy, to be Breeded Morris. Then Raheem Mostert showed his head, and Alfred Morris got buried, and Mostert ran well, right? He goes 12 for 87. He's 1% owned. He's in a backfield where there's no clear guy because, you know, they lost McKinnon in the beginning of the year. I mean, he's he's got to be a factor here. I mean, I don't think I'd want to start him this week because I'd be afraid that there was a fluke, depending on what Kyle Shanahan says over the course of the week about why he played so much. But I mean, this is a guy who it's it's certainly worth a look on the wire. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, of course, he was pretty productive. Uh, the Packers really didn't have a way to game plan for that type of thing. Uh, that's one of those situations that I mentioned how the Packers tend to get they tend to get beat a little bit by those lateral quickness type backs, and, and that seemed to be a little bit of what Mostert was providing, or at least with the play calling, it seemed to look that way. I think Brita wasn't quite 100%, and as he gets closer to 100%, he'll take on more of that workload. So I, I'm I'm hesitant. I don't, th- you know, I'm my 12 and f- even 14s. I don't think I'm going to be bidding on him this week. Um, I can see why he makes the list, and he's worth an honorable mention, I guess we can say. But I, I, for me, this just feels a little bit fluky. Okay. Um, other honorable mentions on your list. Jamal Charles signed by the Jags. Let's wait and see on that one, especially since Fournette might be back soon. Capri Bibbs played mm-hmm. with Thompson out. The thing is, if you look at Capri Bibbs' stats and you look at his college stats, he didn't catch the ball much. So he's it's it's not an easy it, – it wasn't sort mm-hmm. of a, you know, plug one guy in for another. It wasn't a great fit. Um, yeah. Especially I, saw, I just saw too many well. analysts on on Sunday morning being like, "Oh, Thompson's out, AP's banged up, Capri Bibbs is my fantasy long shot this week," and it's just like, "No, no, no, that's not how this works." Yeah. Don't start so, him, right? Like you, yeah. play, you want to play the DFS for three thousand? That's fine. Don't start him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you got your season long and every and every wins like that, but yeah, if you want to, if you got a two dollar GPP and you want to take him at minimum price, fine. But after this week, I mean, I, I don't. He didn't show us anything that suggests that that's even worth it, right? Um, Jalen Richard is when the Raiders are losing, which should happen a lot. He catches a bunch of passes. Rank them. Rank the free agents. Rank the free agents backs. Man, this is a this is a pretty tough one for me this week. I would go again. These are all for week one. These aren't rest of season. I go Smith, Barber, Murray. Oh man, Smith and Barber one two. That's that's a real tough one. I, I'm gonna go Barber Smith Murray. Let's say, and the only reason Murray's number three is because I'm pretty sure Delvin Cook's gonna come back. I'm going Mac first. Mac's up top for me. Oh yeah, yeah, happy Marlon Mac. Him. I guess yeah, I, yeah, happy to get him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and because of that, is Hines droppable now? He was doing well a couple weeks ago. He dropped that pass in the end zone on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Is he yeah, a, that, is he a drop candidate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's, it's going to depend on how deep because there's going to be some deeper PPR leagues where you might need him as bye weeks only get worse and worse. But in most standard formats, I think we can let go. Okay, folks, if you're looking for more success in daily fantasy football this season, let me introduce you to Jocalytics, a new platform designed to help you manage your daily fantasy play. Jocalytics analyzes contests across leading fantasy sites, applying your individual playing and bankroll preferences to find the best contest for you. And with Jocalytics notifications, you can relax knowing that you'll be the first to know when new contests are available. Spend more time playing and less time searching. Join now and get free access to the entire Jocalytics product suite for October. That's Jocalytics, J-O-C-K-A-L-Y. T-I-C-S 
Jocolytics, jocolytics.com. Join now. Wide receivers. Last week, we talked about Kiki QT. Eh. Robbie Anderson. Eh, fine. Christian Kirk. Volume. Volume's perking up for Christian Kirk, isn't it? Yeah. He, uh, I, I mean, I have a, a it's only a 12-team league, but we start three wide receivers. Went into the auction this year. Um, shorthanded in, in budget and, you know, didn't quite get the receiving core I wanted. So I'm kind of stuck with a lot of fringy guys. And I actually feel pretty decent about starting Kirk in that wide receiver three spot. I mean, my other option was Geronimo Allison, who, of course, ended up being out. And I plugged Kirk in just because of the uncertainty. It turned out to be the right move this week. And I mean, when his target share is just about equivalent to Larry Fitzgerald, and of course, he's more of a deep ball threat in comparison at this stage in their career. I think Kirk's ownership definitely needs to be on the rise. Okay. You also have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling on your list. He went three for 103, but again, this is all mm-hmm. going to be dependent on the health of the other Packers receivers. Yeah, this is, again, this is just the recap of guys that we talked about last week in case, you know, you get people wondering, well, what about Kiki? What about Kirk? Yeah. I mean, wh- where do I get these guys? You know, we got to recap who we talked about last week before getting into the new one. Valdez-Scantling, of course, had a 100-yard day. Um, I, th- I think he's a good player. He's he's getting there with Rodgers. I know Rodgers kind of got after him on one where he didn't turn around quick enough in the flat and s- showed some body language there. But uh, uh, he's getting there. And again, with the when they have two other receivers out, he suddenly is in, in relevance. Okay, so first guy up, Albert Wilson had a huge game for the Dolphins. He's ten percent on Yahoo, six percent ESPN. Finished six for one fifty five and two on nine targets. Last three games, targets six six and nine. Receptions four, five, and six. I'm still out. He those two plays. What a weird couple of plays that the Bears just let him. Basically, they looked like the same play. You all saw the first one, and the Bears just botched it by letting him run through them. And then the same play happened almost again. I thought I was watching a replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see where you're coming from here. And when you look at the snap counts, Stills and Amendola. Um, I mean, Amendola had 25 more snaps. Stills had 17 more snaps. So out there a lot more. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of these things where the switch from Tannehill to Osweiler will will help him. You know, maybe Osweiler just looking downfield in his direction a little bit more. And I think again, it's it's a rough week for wide receivers. For me, he's one of the better ads this week uh, because, like you said, the targets six, six, and nine on his on his way up. And let's see, they got uh, they host the Lions this week. You know. Decent matchup. Uh, he's someone that I'll be looking to add in that league that I mentioned earlier where I've got three wide receivers, no real true studs to start, and I'm cycling through. Uh, he's someone I'll be looking to add, you know, dropping like a Tawan Taylor type or something like that. Right. Okay. Um, Chester Rogers. This guy, look, it's all dependent on how long T.Y. Hilton stays out. But mm-hmm. Chester Rogers, we're going to look at him again here. Last three games, on a team that throws a ton, targets 11, 11, and 10. And receptions 8, 8, and 4. He is not racking up yardage by any means. I get it. But if T.Y. Hilton's out, his floor is pretty strong. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the thing is, is why I, why I wanted to mention him again this week is Ryan Grant's dealing with an ankle injury. You know, we give him a, a questionable tag on the site right now. And, you know, looking at last week, uh, Rodgers actually outsnapped uh, Ryan Grant. And the only receiver that had a higher snap share than Chester Rodgers is uh, Zach Pascal. You guessed it. Um, but, <laughs> but see, so Grant had the ankle injury. 
And so maybe Hilton comes back and Rodgers has established himself as the number two at this point. So that's a possibility as well. We always said follow the targets. Again, there's a lot of surrounding circumstances to look at in this scenario. But we got to mention him when he has 32 targets in the last three weeks. Absolutely. Um, The honorable mentions on your list, uh, Taylor Gabriel, still kind of a nice little surprise this season. Um, Mm -hmm. Taylor Gabriel is, hold on one second. Five targets this week, okay, but he went five for 110. So he's over 100 yards two games in a row, and that just jumps out and screams at you. Mm-hmm. Target count is like, okay, yeah, I wouldn't mind having him, but I don't know that I'd make a big investment on him. Yeah, see, well, right at the beginning, we were both pretty thinking favorably of Mitch Trubisky as a streaming option against the Patriots, how their how their defense, how the Patriots' defense lacks a little bit of speed and, and has given up you know a, a lot of points this year. Uh, so... If, if we think that's a viable option, you got to look to his receivers, and we know Allen Robinson's always going to be there. But uh, Taylor Gabriel in the last two weeks, you know, counting, he had 30 fantasy points against Tampa Bay and then had 17 this week. So I think he he sneaks into the, this discussion for me a little bit. Okay. Um, and Damon Ratley for the Browns, anything? I mean, the target volume uh-huh. was there, but nah. Yeah, I, I just I struggle with this Antonio Callaway situation. He had 10 targets last week given every opportunity to make an impact. Now, I didn't watch every single play of those games, and they might have had a couple drops. Maybe some of them were were just out of reach. But for whatever reason, Ratley took the job of Higgins, and Callaway's role didn't change at all. But then again, Higgins is going to try to get back as fast as he can. I I mean, you'd have to be in a 24-team league to go after Ratley, but eight targets, he gets a nod. Okay. Um, Rank him. I go Christian Kirk number one still. Uh, I think he'll continue to be productive and always has that deep ball upside to get you far in a game. Uh, I put Wilson number two and Gabriel number three, especially Wilson if we assume Brock Osweiler starting again because there seems to be some kind of connection there. I think that's a good order. So just to, real quick, guys that you have any interest in, Cole Beasley? <laughs> Mildly uh, yeah. inconsistent. Right. Um, Terrell Pryor, I wanted to have interest, but now he's hurt. Because with Anunma Hurt, and you can drop Anunma, by the way. Um, with Anunma Hurt, Pryor could really step up, and he started to step up with Darnold the other day, and then he got a groin injury, and I don't know the latest on that. Yeah, I mean, I still think Robbie Anderson is it would be the guy to own and the guy that benefits more because Anderson wasn't getting a ton of uh, targets to start with. And Robbie Anderson is just over our threshold. He's 54% in Yahoo leagues, but he's the biggest uh, he's the biggest potential person to take advantage of this Anunma injury, but... Yeah, I guess Pryor will have to see on the injury. I mean, I I don't necessarily want to recommend falling into that trap again because I know that a lot of people are going to be tempted. Uh, yeah, has a groin injury, so I guess we'll see. Watch the practice reports, but definitely Anderson's the first guy you should be typing in when you're looking at receivers from the Jets. Gotcha. All right, tight ends. Let's go. Last week we talked Cameron Bray, who did catch a touchdown early and then was not heard from again. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably because O.J. Howard was back from his injury, which we kind of were banking on the fact that he wouldn't be. Um, it was a really mm-hmm. quick recovery from from his knee procedure, so that that's kind of what cut into Bray. Austin Hooper is just, you know, he's he's turning into a pretty solid fantasy tight end, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was helped by the fact that Calvin Ridley left that game early, so there were more targets to go around. And um, yeah, he, our headline has it: he's he's in one of the greatest stretches 
of his career, basically. Last week, week five, he had 12 targets, caught nine for 77. This week, 10 targets, caught nine for 71 and a score. It was his second touchdown, caught one in week two against Carolina. Um, the climate of tight ends this year, we continue to talk about this over and over again. I mean, you can make an argument that this is the same way to a certain degree every year, but this year just seems particularly bad with tight ends only being a couple you can actually rely on. Uh, so in this case, someone like Hooper that has got 22 targets in two weeks, got to take a look. Yep, you do. All right, for this week, CJ Uzoma, um, 33% Yahoo, 15% ESPN. Tyler, he, he looked, and DVR and I talked about this on Friday, that the reason that this guy kind of should have been considered last week was because the Tyler Croft was out. So he was the last guy there. So Uzoma catches mm-hmm. six out of seven targets for 54 yards. Dalton doesn't mind throwing to his tight end in the red zone. Let me look at the red zone target. No t- red zone targets here for mm-hmm. this guy yet. And he said one for the season, um, which was in week three. Um, I mean, the volume seems to be there now, though, and he's going to get the opportunity, right? Yeah, so so here was the deal. A couple weeks back after Eifert got hurt again, you know, another season-ending issue, um, I, I was big on, okay, Let's let's look at this. We know Zoma's number one on the depth chart, but Tyler Croft is the guy that's caught like seven touchdowns the year before. He's clearly the pass catcher, whereas whereas Uzoma, uh, you know, kind of a, a big dude, uh, 6'6", 265, he's the blocker. And that's how I thought of these guys. But now we're getting to the point where, okay, Tyler Croft, maybe not ruled out for the entire year, but a good chunk of time. Suddenly, C.J. Uzoma, I mean, the last three weeks, 51, 55, and 56 snaps, he's out there on the field. Again, one target, two targets, seven targets over that span. You know, six for 54 last week was by far, by far his best game of the year. So you don't feel great about it, but maybe an eight-point PPR floor, there's there's a spot for that, that that's for sure. And he's going to be the guy, and his availability is there for him to top the list this week. He is also playing at Kansas City in what could be well, every game with the Chiefs is a shootout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, the environment's going to be pretty friendly. Um, O.J. Howard, what's the ownership on O.J. Howard? You have- it, it dipped. I, I didn't put it down exactly. It dipped slightly below 50%. Now I believe that's not the case. It's back. He's back up to 55% in Yahoo Leaks right now. There was a point uh, where he had briefly dipped below because, remember, the Bucks were just coming off a bye, yep. and Howard was supposed to miss two to four weeks with an MCL sprain. But suddenly he comes back. Looks like himself, scores a touchdown. I have him in a 16 team league, and I'm thrilled about it. Uh, not looking back. Um, so he's he's the guy to own. And now he's going to be tougher to get, and we get that. But he's worth the look. He should be the first name you type in when you're at least exploring availability this week. Okay. The other one I want to talk about, Ricky Seals Jones. And man, I was saying early in the year that I wanted to play him, and then it just never worked out. So I finally gave up. And then he winds up catching a bunch of passes. He caught yeah. five, five for 69 against mm-hmm. yeah. the, uh, the, the Vikings. Yeah, had a big 40-yard play that definitely helped the final stat total. Still less targets than Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. I mean, I don't feel great about it, but I guess there is a spot in fantasy where, where he could be useful. Okay. Um, streaming defenses. I mean, the Colts are 6% owned. This is, this is your top recommendation, and I totally get it. They're six percent mm-hmm. on their home for the Bills. Whether it's Peterman or Anderson or whatever, fine. Happy to roll with the Colts. They've got a decent number of sacks too, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they they are finding a way to get after it. Now the Colts defense, I think, through the first six weeks of the year, I, I, you know, maybe defense scoring is is a little different between the leagues. But through the first six weeks, they've only scored like thirty four fantasy points, so definitely not good. 
but the matchup thing and and the fact that they're just six percent owned i mean they're, they're the home team i love using the home team um you look at the over under on that game 42 and a half that's by far Oh, I don't want to say the lowest. The lowest this week is Denver at Arizona, 40.5. Right. Uh, but the second lowest, 42.5, uh, Indianapolis and Buffalo. Um, yeah, that just seems like a, as chalk as it's going to get. You take the home team against the worst defense. I, Of course, I think Nathan, Nathan Peterman would be a much more fantasy-friendly matchup than uh, than than Derek Anderson. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we saw what can happen against any defense. So they, they they check all my boxes this week. The problem is, though, they're so chalked that they're going to check everybody's boxes, yep. and you might not be able to get them for free. You might actually put have to put like $1 or $2 in fab money on just to lock them up if you need them this week. But again, the defenses that are on by this week, not necessarily great. I mean, nobody's really owning the Raiders' defense. The Packers are about 50% a week ago, but I... You know, I I remember going on a rant a couple weeks back about liking the Packers possibly defensively. They started to change my mind on Monday night, or at least they were trying real hard. And Steelers defense, Seahawks defense, none of these defenses are, are are greatly owned. So chances are you're sticking to who you have this week. But if you need a stream, you might actually have to put a buck or two down on the Colts just to get them because it's they're they're like this week's James Winston. Everyone knows they're going to have a good matchup, but who's going to land on them? All right. So so we're going for if you can't get the Colts. All is not lost, everybody. Mm-hmm. Actually, so first thing you look for, do, do you look for sacks first? I mean, you look for uh, opponent. You look for, you know, hopefully a rookie quarterback yeah. on the road or something like that or a turnover-prone quarterback. But, uh, but sacks is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, sacks are a big deal, but I don't try to chase individual stats necessarily. Uh, like I said, you know, the first thing I look at, I want a home team. I want a low over-under, and then I kind of take it from there. All right, so home team with a low over-under. Cardinals 14% owned versus Case Keenum Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I I knew you were gonna set that up after I said that because they 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 lead the charge Thursday or Thursday night with the lowest over under. You know you can buy into that narrative. You know, scoring's a little bit lower on Thursdays because they don't have as much time to prepare. Um, I see where you're, where you're coming from, John, and I would actually think that yeah, the Cardinals might be a better option. I mean, they've got talented players on defense. Uh, there's there's no question there, but you know when it comes to a unit as a whole, I'll let me get some of these defensive stats up here. They're kind of kind of middle of the pack, but hey. Yep. You know, they can they can get after it. Actually, their Cardinals are really bad against running backs. That's the tough part. Mm-hmm. Um, so 150 rushing yards a game, 10 touchdowns so far this season. And again, those touchdown numbers can be a little fluky when we're talking a six-game sample size. Tough against running backs, but that's not necessarily Minnesota's strong suit when you've got a less than 100% Delvin Cook and, uh, and, and Latavius Murray as well, who's used a ton this past week. So I guess, yeah, the Cardinals could be one that you'd look at. I, I hate starting... You know, a, a really fringe defense like that on Thursday, you're either going to feel like a genius heading into the week or you're just going to feel like an idiot. Yeah, and the thing with them also, 18 sacks. So I, I'm intrigued. I, I, I would <laughs> like to go with the Colts, but if I don't get them, put it this way. There's one. I had the, uh, I had the Packers in a couple of spots this week, and mm-hmm. I will probably put in for the I – will, I will try to get the Colts, but if I can, I'll be happy to take the Cardinals. Yep, yeah, we'll be happy to take the Cardinals. You got a couple other interesting ones on there. If you uh, if you buy the Osweiler thing being very very fluky, you can maybe look at the uh, Lions. But again, they're on the road. Um, there's actually no over under listed for that game yet that I can see because of the uncertainty right. there. So I guess that's a possibility. And then you're talking about the other side of that Bills Colts game too. Mm-hmm. I am because 19 sacks for Bills. Bills defense has been good. And the thing is, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of sacks. They're tied for third in sacks with 19. Luck throws a ton. Now this game might be different if they if they're beating the Bills, maybe the Colts run more. But Luck throws a ton more more times. Dropping back means more opportunities to get sacked. 
Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that, and that's sound reasoning, John. You, these guys can get after it as well. Um, these options are all decent, but the more I look at them, the more it's like, okay, I'm going to put $2 down on the Colts this week yep. and just and call it there. Agreed. Um, what else you got going on, Jake? It's a fun week. You know, we got all the uh, football stuff ready to go, constantly improving those pages, but, uh, you know, college basketball season's just around the corner. Of course, well, NBA starts uh, tonight, I believe, so there's all the DFS tools there. But uh, what I've been working on personally is uh, our college basketball draft kit, getting our, our uh, top 150 for Power 5 teams ready to roll, all of our projections. Work, you know, we, we redesigned the website you know, recently, kind of before football season, and this gives me an opportunity to work with our tech team and make just some of the existing pages on the old site that much better. So if you're in any college fantasy leagues, it's uh, absolutely worth your 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod to get going. Is my, my my Rutgers Scarlet Knights are going to get a little bit better, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they they have uh, they've got some players, <laughs> no doubt about that. But um, they're still going to be near the bottom of the Big Ten. I don't know if I want to say get better. That All that'd right. be a little bit of a stretch. I know the recruiting's getting better, so keep an eye. I mean, since I have to give up on football, I guess I'll focus on basketball now, folks. Listeners to this podcast can get a free ten day RotoWire trial. RotoWire.com slash pod, no credit card needed for that. That lets you check out almost all the features on the site. So take a look now or take a look anytime. RotoWire.com slash pod. Um, reminder, leave us a review and a rating wherever you're listening. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Fantasy Draft. DVR and I will be here on Thursday to preview the 14 games in week seven. So please come on back then and listen. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.